Hello and welcome to episode 36 of the Women's Rugby League podcast. I'm joined by... Les Blackburn. So, Les has the honour of being the first and only male guest to have a one-off episode, but he's a really, really good guy. So give it a listen because he's been around and he's done quite a lot. So how did you get into Rugby League? I, I always played as a as a kid-like. I played at Traveller's Rest. I played with some players that went on to play Super League and everything like that. And I've always had a, a keen interest in, in Rugby League, more than like football and stuff like that. Uh, but when I was 15, I, uh, I brought me hip. Oh, no, uh, no. I played in Rugby and had it pinned and everything. So obviously that put a stop to me Rugby playing rugby and stuff like that and then I just started coaching my son's team helping out down there and doing that and then I did my badges and then Charlie decided she wanted to play rugby league so uh, she went over to Brotherton and Tony Teal were coaching them and they were a bit short-handed so I jumped in and helped him and that was really starting girls game of coaching and I mean that little Brotherton team they're on it I think most we had at one point were 11 players, but we had re- 11 really good players were a really good, solid team. That, that, that for me, seems to be a common thing. I'm getting off people. is like, they start at one team and it's too small to actually play. And they all have to go somewhere else and then... Well, what it was, in Featherstone, there were no girls rugby team. And, like, six of that Brotherton team were from Featherstone. And they all, like... They were playing it under 14s, so next step was to move up to under 16s because RFL changed age grouping. Because if they'd have left it how it was, they'd have gone 15, so they'd have all stayed together, if you get what I mean. Yeah. But they didn't change it to 14s, 16s. So they had to move, and we did a bit of a recruitment drive at Brotherton, and it was a bit slow. And then uh, Chelsea Seniors, Dad Lee, uh, I was training little kids, Lewis team in, in Tino at Featherstone Lions and uh, come out and I got like 18 missed calls off Lee and he says right you've got go ahead to start a team down at Featherstone Lions to advertise put a training session on so I, I knew I'd got six players because they were Featherstone six that were at Robertson. so advertised it put it on and I think first training session there was 25 girls turned up down at wow. Featherstone Lions with absolutely madness and it, it just gathered pace from there and went from strength to strength to strength. So one of the questions you got in was, how did it feel starting up a women's team? Um, it, it was hard work. It was, hard, it was really rewarding. Because, I mean, Feverston had never, Feverston Lions had never had a women's team or a girls section. So, so to do both at one club, you know, really rewarding it was. It was hard work. I mean, at the start, I was trying to do it all on my own. With like, just people chipping in generally, helping round, And then I had to bring my sister in, who were a massive help, dealt with all paperwork and player transfers and stuff like that. Then Nicky Harrison come in to help me coach. And it, it was just really rewarding. So, being there five years, one of the other questions... Was what do you enjoy most about coaching down there? Uh, seeing players go on and better themselves, like players that I've coached through girls section go on 
to play in Super League. I mean, there's a player that's gone on to play for England, Tamsin, which were a player that played at Lionesses with me. So seeing things like that is basically what you do it for. So what were your biggest struggles actually getting it going? Um, player, player recruitment, like I said, it, we're always that fear of what it's going to work, what people going to turn up. And like, like I said earlier, to have 25 turn up on first night, you realise that the demand is there for it and girls actually want to play. Yeah, then you've got a completely different headache. It's not, am I going to have a squad? It's like, who's not going to play? Yeah, well, well, I mean, you were lucky in girls' section because basically you could sign 25 people and that, that was your team. You could play 25 so you could have like a full team sat on sideline. Oh, yes. It, it, I always did my best to try and give every player equal game time, no matter if like they were a superstar or a player that were new to the game, they got on the played. So how did your appointment at Featherstone Rovers come about? Uh, Johnny Payne was a coach and basically he was, he was trying to do it all on his own and he was struggling. So I just started going down, lent hand. And helped that way, there were Johnny, Ryan and myself, and we had a, quite a good team going. Yeah, obviously yourself, you're saying at Lions, when you started off doing it, everything on your own, and it's a yeah. near an impossible I, I, I task. I could Johnny struggles, if you know what I mean, having been there myself down down at Lions, I could see basically what they were going through, so I, I just turned up and started helping. And plus, I, I was pushing players from... My 16s at Lions, up to Rovers, like Charlie, Chelsea Senior, Chloe Reynolds, Grace Dyke, Grace Cotton were there. Yeah, so you're pushing players who not just went and turned up every week, but went and turned up every week and was really good at it. Yeah. And really fit. That first year, there were players such as Chloe Reynolds and Chelsea Senior and Grace Dyke, they were, play, they were training nearly every night a week, playing Saturday for 16s, and then turning up and playing Super League on a Sunday as well, and not looking out of place. And like as a coach, as their 16s coach, that gave me an enormous amount of pride, seeing them players do that. Yeah, because look, look, at, look at, like, say, Grace Dyke towards the end of last season. Yeah. The, the oh, change in that, that person's unrecognisable. I'm looking forward to next season, seeing Chloe Reynolds to see how... How that mad running's gonna go? Yeah, oh crazy legs. Yeah, because she once her legs start pumping and she gets going. I mean, luckily this year we we managed to get two games in before obviously COVID and everything curtailed everything, and we played Warrington, which was well, a really good game over at their place. We managed to come out on top and we looked really good. And Chloe and Grace both looked good in that. And then we played Bradford in the Natterwell uh, Memorial Cup. And again, we, we looked really good and physical. And like the, the, most of that team were like players that I coached down at Featherstone Lions, either through ladies or 16s, were, were playing Super League. And we, we were looking really competitive and sharp. So, another question we had sent in. Who are your three favourite Featherstone Rovers players? And Charlie doesn't count. Charlie's way off list anyway, I'm in it. There's three favourites, it's hard. Cause personally, what, I, I don't tend to have favourites. I like a player that 
willing to give their all, that does everything. That's selfless, you know what I mean? That'll turn up training every week. But if I were to pick pick three off the top of my head, I'd probably go... I mean, you can't leave her out. She's Captain Fantastic Dobbo. What what what, what a great player and what a great person. Yeah. They, like, like we said earlier when we were just chatting off, off recording, she, she wouldn't expect anybody to do something on that field that she isn't prepared to do a send. Yeah. And for me, like coaching girls at 14 and 16, having somebody in a Super League team in the same village that you can look up to that's done what she's done in the game is, for me, brilliant. She, she she honestly deserves to be on a bigger platform than she is. Because she don't get yeah. all them caps being okay. She was the best, if not up there, every single season, every time she played. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, year after year. She plays, in, she plays in numerous positions as well. She plays. She can play prop, she can play 13, she can play 7, 6. To do that and still be ultra competitive and want to get your shoulder in every time. Brilliant. So two more, two more. Uh, another that's pretty much in, in Andrea's mould is uh, Jesse Hammond. Yeah. You know you know what? Very I, underrated player. I was saying this the other day. In my head, I always had but Jesse had played for England. <laughs> I don't know why, but I always had in my head, but she played because of how she plays. Yeah, very underrated player, tackle like a machine. Honestly, some of the tackles she's done, she loves a shot. And then third, who would third be? I think you've got to say Katie Epworth. Yeah, again, what a real Maverick player. What a player. Yeah, another, she doesn't realise how good she is, I don't think. No, because she, she, she's there and she's England level every week. Yeah. Like, without a doubt, I'd have her in that team. Yeah. But it's, I mean, it's what it is. She's one of them with great ball, you just don't know what <laughs> she's going to do. I mean, one one thing that springs to mind is when we played Wake, I think, last game of last year, and she does that intercept. Yeah. And goes length Bang. of field and scores. And yeah, cause stuff like that you need she, in your she team. Do, she does stuff like that and like, you, you, you forget, but she's frighteningly quick when she goes. Yeah. If she gets a bit and, of room and gets a, a confidence to run, she can actually she can do it. I mean, she, she's got what, what you tend to see in men's game as well, like a rugby league reign. Like when we're playing Saints at home, and that first half we're really nip and tug just before ending, she puts that drop goal over, so we yeah. go in bleeding. I mean, stuff like that on scoreboard, winning on scoreboard, winning at half-time, it's like a boost, isn't it? I know second half didn't pan out right well, but... No, it's one of them, if it was against pretty much most teams other than St Helens, that would have broken. Mm. And then you pick that second half up and keep rolling with it, just St Helens were probably the most underrated team last season. Yeah, they flew way underrated, didn't they? Yeah. I mean, they were winning... Two seconds are going to the final. Yeah. Eight up the corner. Yeah, they're so, literally just... Unbelievable. But, I mean, just, they're, they're just three that spring to mind, but I could keep going. There's like Grace Dye, Chloe Reynolds, fantastic attitude to training, Chelsea Senior. 
you could just name them all. You could list. So. Here's a few more questions we've had in. Right, one of them comes in. Not a question. The first two aren't questions. They're just what people have sent in. I've worked with Les, been coached by him. Tell him he's one of the best coaches I've ever worked with. And that is from a really, really respected player and person in women's rugby. Hey, that, that's pleasing to hear that you know that you've had that type of effect on somebody. The second one, a coach will do anything from any, for anyone. He always puts the player's well-being first. I mean, you, you come across players that will play when they're injured and stuff like that. And you, do, you do have to put their welfare paramount above everything else. Even if they are one of your best players on the team, if that player's hurt, you can't let them play and you've got to look after them. Well, that's it. Some players don't know when they're beaten. Yeah, exactly. And you do want that like warrior instinct in your team, but you, you do have to, for their own good as well, say, look, no. Yeah, this, this... And especially with head protocol and stuff like S and knocks that they take to their head and to enforce that break that they've got to have after it and stuff like that, because a lot of them don't know the protocols and procedures that they've got to do with it. Next one we have, question. Proudest moment in rugby league or moments? Moments, I'd have to say it is. Uh, probably started Lionesses. Yeah. And and seeing like, players go on to play Lady Super League and stuff like that. Uh, probably first season in Wiley with Lionesses. Going through that year unbeaten, winning league and obviously winning while the challenge go. Uh, and then probably with Rovers, I'd have to say that game when we beat Wigan at home. Yeah. I just thought we had a, a proper dig for 80-odd minutes of that game and we left nothing on that field. That that game was an arm wrestling half. Yeah. Th- that, that was as if, like, for me, that that was uh, that Featherstone team coming coming as age. Yeah, that 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 was months and months of hard work went into that, and it at the end it was quite emotional to see that the they finally bought into what they could do, and I mean we can, they were reigning Super League champions at that time. Yeah, and we went to Robins Park and got got it handed to us earlier in the year, and to bring them down to. Post office road and turn them over, but it was amazing. Right, so second to last question: Who is the best player your team has played against? Uh, from, played from, against. I think. Do you, do you want me to go through like teams in Super League and then teams at Wilder then? I don't know. Cause I, for me, I, I've seen players who've played a game and have been absolutely outstanding on that day, just being like unplayable. Yeah. I mean, Rihanna Marshall drops into that category. Yeah. She is she's just phenomenal. Her hands, the ball work, her physicality. She's got it all. But then you've got Kelsey Gentle that cast as well, who always seems to step it up when we play them. 
Yeah, she... I mean, you could go through an outcast team and name them all. Kelsey seems to have an extra gear for Fev. Yeah. She just she seems to save full lengths for when she plays us. Seems to score lots. But I've, I've seen her do it against other teams as well. Yeah, because that, that, <laughs> that, 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 that's a gentle special as soon as a bit of broken the play and she comes onto it. Yeah, she's gone. I mean, luckily we're putting a team together that we've got some pace now in our yeah. team. So hopefully we should be able to at least chase her down. <laughs> but then you've got like like to Leeds, and when we play Leeds, Tash Gaines always seems to have a good game against us. Another that's real, she come really into her own last year. Yeah, another, another player who's like underrated. Yeah, don't get talked about she, as much as she should. No, and for, for me, she's really good. I mean, she can kick the ball, she can pass the ball. She's not scared to run. She'll tackle. She's phenomenal. And then like like to Wigan, you've got. Becky Greenfield, yeah, phenomenal. Always turns it in when we play her. And then, like, like at Saints, it's it's a funny one because I like Claire Malena that's at Saints. Oh, she played at Wigan Pats in while her season just gone and season of four she won at Oral. And what a pair of hands that player's got! In while she plays a six for Saints, she plays as a prop and phenomenal, honestly. So. Final question. How important is it to you to promote and expand women's rugby league and girls' rugby? I mean, that, that's a really good question. and I think you'll agree with me. It, it does need to be up there because what these lasses do is on a par with what men do. Yeah. And you, you look at game in Australia, they play for 10 less minutes in Australia. We, we play for 40 over here and they put it in for 40 and yeah there's, there's some one-sided games but there's some really close competitive games like that Wigan game we've just spoke about and then you've got games that are just end to end try for try you've got it all I always prefer to watch a game which is close and a game which is a, a blowout yeah and but last last season for instance we, we were on a drive played and beat Wigan and then I think his next two games after that were Cats and Leeds. Yeah. And I think we went to Leeds and I think it was put it fifty six six or fifty six four. But it, we won we won out of that game if you get me. I know it sounds funny when you look at that score, but we attacked for large parts of that game and it was just like as final bit of quality that let us down. I mean we brought their line a couple of times and their cover defence got us. And it was a close game. Even though scores like more massively one-sided. Yeah, I, th- I think my first podcast came like a few weeks after that Leeds game, when they yeah. put photographs out of your Charlie and stuff like <laughs> that. Yeah, I, tr- I try to think back. I was like, yeah, because that that one, I, I were at that one. And that was a, a a weird game for for how good Leeds looked at certain parts in it. The, yeah, there was a massive arm wrestle during. Yeah, I mean, like you said, large chunks of that game, it were to and fro, and it were a massive slug in the middle. And I, I get to see it from both both sides, if you get what I mean, because I'm a coach and I'm also a parent of a player that's involved in, in league. Yeah. And to see stuff that my daughter does in, in Village of Everston, I think it's amazing. Like, she's on shirt releases and stuff like that. She's 
your trophies out down at the Lions and and then so the publicity for me, seeing my daughter do it is brilliant. She went to photo shoot last year as well and you know what I mean? So on that side it's brilliant and as a coach you want more of it, like stuff that you do with girls and that, putting them out there and like we discussed earlier, they like you're basically raising profile of each player that you interview. Yeah, which I, I think can only benefit the game. For me, there's there's players and everyone knows them, but do they know them? Do they know how they got to where they was? Yeah. Exactly. Do they know the backstory? Do they know that, like, for instance, Charlie, do they know that she played at Brotherton before and that might inspire a girl at Brotherton to go out and find a team? I mean, she even coaches in Village as well, so that's helping a, another generation of players that are hopefully going to come through into women's game. Yeah, because they're they still doing the younger ages at Lions. Yeah, Charlie and Grace, they're still involved with that. Yeah, yeah. remember sharing that out and seeing, I was like, oh, wow. The... So, here's another one for you, just off me. Where do you find all your time? It's, I mean, I'm, I'm lucky because I've had to change jobs and that to pursue this career because I used to have to work weekends. So, like, obviously coaching girls... They played on a Saturday and it would either somebody had to take them up to I could get out of work to get their fuck game and then go back to work and stuff like that were a nightmare. But what I tried to do, because obviously I coached the boys teams as well, uh, I tried to get them all to train on the same day so it followed. Yeah. So I won out every night a week, if you get what I mean. So down at Lions, that were easy to sort. But obviously with, with Featherston Rovers, it were a bit difficult because you've got players commuting in. So that were like an extra night out to tag on as well. And Missy's is brilliant with me. She lets me do it. She comes and watches, she supports, follows Featherstone up and down. When we're playing down in Wigan and St. Ellen, she's there. So it's brilliant. Right. Last one for me. Thanks for all the work you put in. Because you do do a lot backstage with a lot of teams and a lot of players. And we'll hopefully hear from you very soon. <laughs> 